0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings, to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we'll cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts,
1: I'm Katrina. And I'm Jasmine. Hello, welcome Hello. to
0: the first episode of 2021. Oh my goodness, we're in the future.
1: <laughs> Wait, um, I read. I read somewhere that Mad Max is meant to happen this year. Is it? Like that's that's when? Yes, I apparently. That doesn't surprise me. I think it was me. Mad Max. Yes, and and my question is, um, what the fuck? That's my question. Um, and is it entire? I remember I watched Mad Max: Fury Road when I was in London, and I hated it. <laughs> Like I hate most things. I don't know. I can't get on board with dystopian stuff like that. Just didn't make any sense.
0: Was that the point of the story? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> was that the epic climax? Oh,
1: oh, oh no! It was my point was. Oh, sorry, I lost my track of thought completely because I can hear something outside. Um, my point was. Is that um, this year will probably make about as much sense as that movie? Okay. Because, as we all know, it's gotten off to a great start with England back in lockdown. Yes, great start. Back in national
0: lockdown. Good
1: work. Took less than ten days.
0: Yeah. Oh dear. So, shall we um, get to today's story? Yes, please, before the ghost of Adam Lambert comes back. <laughs> That's not going to make any sense to anybody. But okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was. T- For some reason, my music kept on playing before when we were trying to start the call, and it was um, Adam Lambert's first studio album. <laughs> I didn't know I still had that on my iTunes, and it just wouldn't turn off.
0: Every single time she picked up the laptop, it started playing. <laughs>
1: so let's quickly do this before he, he comes back. I'm very scared. I fear for my life.
0: Okay, so today's uh, story that we're covering is a really interesting one. I didn't know anything about it until I started researching it. And um, I think you too will also find it very interesting.
1: Ooh, I wonder why.
0: So today we are covering the folklore surrounding a creature called the estuary and it is a type of vampire in jewish folklore
1: it's a jewish vampire
0: yes my sources for this are wikipedia into the the section Vampire in the Encyclopedia of Jewish Myth, Magic and Mysticism by Jeffrey W. Dennis, Toramusings.com and an article called Love Thy Vampire (laughs) Cochally by Admir Kosman, which is on Hattarex. I know, I loved it. I had to include the title because I thought it was really funny. (laughs) So... The Estri is a female vampire of European Jewish folk legend who was said to prey mainly on men. The name is thought to be derived from the French Strix, meaning night owl, and could be linked to the belief that Estries are able to shapeshift into animals such as birds or cats at will. In some accounts, they are considered similar, or even identical, to succubi, Beautiful, seductive female demons. Although, unlike succubi, who were said to favour the blood of children and kill pregnant women out of jealousy or spite, estries did not even kill their victims, instead, taking only enough blood to keep themselves alive. While the earliest legends of the estri describe them as demonic entities, Later stories depict them as ordinary women who somehow become victims of a curse or demonic possession. While the earliest reference to any creature in Judaism that resembles a vampire can be found in the Bible, where it is called an aluka, vampires did not actually appear in Jewish folk tradition until much later, when Jewish communities in the medieval Rhineland were influenced by the beliefs of their Christian neighbours, who told legends of evil, demonic, blood-sucking creatures that prowled the area at night. Most of what we know about estries comes from passages of the Sefer Chasidim, the Book of the Pious, which was written mostly by German Rabbi Judah HaChassid between the 12th and 13th centuries, which includes many stories about ghosts, demons and other paranormal entities, there is one passage that reads, There are women that are called estri. They are created at sunset, before the first sabbath before creation. As a result of this, they are able to change form. There was one woman who was an estuary, and she was very sick, and there were two women with her at night. One was sleeping, and one was awake. And the sick woman stood up, and loosened her hair, and she was about to fly and suck the blood of the sleeping woman. And the woman who was awake screamed, and woke her friend, and they grabbed the sick Estry. And after this she slept. And moreover, if she had been able to grab the other woman, then she, the Estry, would have lived. Since she was not able to hurt the other woman, the Estry died, because she needs to drink the blood of living flesh the same is true of the werewolf and since the estuary needs to loosen their hair before they fly one must adjure her to come with her hair bound so that she cannot go anywhere without permission and if an estuary is injured or seen by someone she cannot live unless she eats of the bread and salt of the one who struck her then her soul will return to the way it was before.
1: That's just grim. <laughs> all I can think of, all I can think of is how when I was in my Jewish school, one of the school rules was to have your hair tied up. <laughs> if you have long yeah, hair, it had long hair had to be tied up. I think that might just be Yeah, right. On. It was the same at yours as well though, was it? Yeah. And we both yeah, went but... to Jewish schools. I think that might just hmm, be schools in
0: general. But yeah, that's true.
1: Or maybe, maybe, it was maybe it was a superstitious school.
0: As mentioned in this passage of the Sefer Chassidim, estuaries are believed to be able to fly if their hair was unbound, but were grounded if it were tied. They can also be injured, and if so, the estuary would be able to heal themselves by either drinking blood or from consuming bread and salt given to them by the one who caused the injury. While it posed no unusual hardship to kill an estuary, it was believed that she would return to life if one of the following actions was not taken when burying her. Driving an iron spike through her mouth and into the ground below her, perhaps keeping her tethered to that spot, filling her mouth with rocks or earth, beheading her, or entirely burning the body. This is quite similar to the mythology surrounding medieval Christian beliefs on how to dispose of the body of anyone who was suspected of being a vampire. But estries were different to these other Christian counterparts, as they were considered totally undeterred by religious iconography, and were able to walk into holy places, where they would sometimes seek healing prayers from unsuspecting religious people. Although sources clearly show that Jewish communities were afraid of these vampiric creatures, just like their Christian neighbours, the estuary is actually quite a tragic figure, described not as the evil, cruel, blood-sucking monster of Christian vampire mythology, but rather a sick, tortured woman fighting to survive. Other parts of the Sefer Chassidim even discuss the ethics of the matter, and surprisingly show empathy towards the estuary. One such passage details how sensitive members of the community were to the estuary's distress and torment, and mentions an incident where one woman, an estuary, caused damage but allowed the person she harmed to take of her bread and her salt. In such a case, she should be treated with compassion. In other words, because the estuary fed on blood, not out of wickedness, but simply to stay alive, and she gave her victim some of her bread and salt, said to act as a remedy to her bite and to help the person recover, much the same as her injuries could be healed, or maybe even just as a form of compensation. She should be pitied by the community and spared from harm. So I'd just like to end with this quote from Admiral Kosman in his article in Hatterets. What is unique about the stories in Sefer Chassidim is that human beings can feel empathy towards the sick and follow the golden mean, neither being harmed nor causing harm and becoming insensitive to suffering, which ultimately would turn us into vampires. And there we go. <laughs> nice. I've always wanted to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. So I really like this because the estuary is like it's quite different to just like evil vampire.
1: Yes, yes, bless. Her. Although I must say, I still, I, I still refuse to believe that bread and salt is not even a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sexual. It just sounds very okay. With the whole like, listen though, so right, the whole Bible thing, right? Like the bread is, um, it's meant to be a signifier of the body of Christ, right? So to me, anything biblical referring to bread infers, you know, like some kind of physical um, connection to the body, right? And then salt, like human sweat, salty. So that's what I'm thinking, like, there's something kind of visceral about it, something kind of carnal. Yeah, I get it.
0: I get that, like, because this is so influenced by Christians in the area that, like, their sort of belief in that could have Precisely. played a part in this.
1: Especially when it comes to how they were compared to the succubi, and succubi yeah. were sexual demons, right? They would, like, sleep with men. So then in comparing them to the succubi, I'm, I'm just saying, I feel like they were all a little bit repressed. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's, that's no, no that, shocking that's to think that religion can be somewhat sexually oppressive. In the in the literal
0: but sense, but I suppose at the time, so, like bread and salt was your like major food group. <laughs> like yeah, they were your VR food F- groups. They yes. were if you Essentials, were like the yeah. lowest peasant, you still <laughs> had at least bread and salt. <laughs>
1: the lowest (laughs) you know what at least they had salt god forbid if they had no salt (laughs) katrina what would they do with no seasoning on their bread of course they're jewish of course they're jewish because the only seasoning they want is salt (laughs) like
0: (laughs) the part i also loved is the bit where um it's like they discuss the ethics surrounding the matter in this book as well? And it's like, of course they fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Can they even be Jewish if they don't discuss <laughs> yes. all of the ethics surrounding it?
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Because, because everything everything has to be ethical and everything <laughs> has to be explained to the tiniest little fucking detail. Tiniest de- I remember when I was in Jewish studies and classes. And then argued. And I would, yes, I would ask a question and that question would be answered with another fucking question.
0: <laughs> and I, would,
1: I would get so frustrated. And he was like, this, this is how it feels to be in yeshiva. And I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, they always say, um, two Jews, three opinions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely that person with two opinions who changes their mind halfway through.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but what if? <laughs> you still have to argue. Oh,
1: that was a really fun one. I like that. Thank you. Something a bit different.
0: Yeah, I thought it was. And of course, you know, nice. I, love I, love I love. I love learning about our own um,
1: culture. Yes. I wonder. Are there any? Did you see any like images of an history no, on Google? That would be cool. I'll
0: okay. find one.
1: Because from the sounds of it, they look. Yeah, they look pretty much. I guess the whole idea is that they look like indistinguishable from humans. Yeah, like a humans. sick woman. I know many of those. Sick in the head. Sick in the head. Yeah. Myself. Myself. I mean myself.
0: (laughs) And you don't have your hair tied up.
1: I do. I don't. (laughs) Katty, what's that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Duck out. You weren't even out of the camera view. Bye. You didn't look like you fell.
1: (laughs) What what can I say? I'm a really shit astro. Well, thank you, Katy. That was lovely. Thank you very much. Lovely stuff. Um, and also, where did you hear about that? Like, because I've never heard of it. I extra. know I
0: hadn't. It was on a list of like vampires from other parts of the world, different parts of the world. Um, yeah, we love us some vampires. I think it was a list that was on Into the Wonder. Yeah,
1: you had a lot of. A, a lot of sources for that one too. Yeah, well, that was so that so well was sort researched.
0: of it. There's not that much about it. <laughs> I'd really love to to read yeah. the Sefer Hasidim though. I think it sounds cute Yes,
1: I mean, I'm trying. To I don't know where you could find what. I guess you can always just go, like, to your old school and just be like, "Hey." I don't think
0: they'd. I don't think they'd have it. <laughs> Go like,
1: knock on Rabbi Balcony's door, I'm sure he'll have it.
0: Rabbi Balcony's door in like California, yes. Yeah. I will go. Oh shit,
1: over. okay. Cool. <laughs> Damn it.
0: Road trip time. <laughs> Just be like, hey, do you happen to have this like really obscure twelfth century book on, um, on vampires. On Jewish creatures. Yeah.
1: You know what? He probably would. Yeah, he, he sounds like a very would. cool guy. Yeah, very, he's very freaking, cool guy.
0: Yeah, he's awesome.
1: Most badass rabbi in the world.
0: And even then it'd be in oh. Hebrew and I'd be like Ma? Can
1: you come back and read it to me? <laughs> Lama, come back, <laughs> Lama. your dad, madam. me vina. I see that the two the the two sentences that we both know in Hebrew are related to. I've got no idea what what you're saying, and I don't understand. <laughs> I remember when I was in school, this kid, this, this kid taught me, because of course, I joined the Jewish school in like the middle of like year five. And these kids had been learning Hebrew their whole lives. So the first thing they taught me was how to say that Hebrew was a very hard language in Hebrew <laughs> as like an excuse for when the teachers asked me why I don't know Hebrew. Yeah. I was like, Kasha <laughs> I remember it to this day. It haunts me. Because yeah. I still do not know Hebrew. Yeah, in like oh language Lord.
0: classes where they would only speak in that language and then ask you questions. And it's like... almost like abuse. I don't know anything. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so, um, do you have anything to say before we wrap it up, Jasmine?
1: I do not think so. I do not think so. No, I do not. Um... That's it. Yay. <laughs> That's it. That's it from me, folks. I think I said all of my things to say already. Yeah. Um, yes.
0: Lovely. Excellent
1: work. Good work to my brain.
0: <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you back for next week's episode. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygirlspodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and also make sure to like and follow our Spooky Girls Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Twitter at spookygirlspod, and on Instagram at spookygirlspodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash and from as little as $2 a month, You gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.